the church and it's it's hard for us to get completely focused because of the activities of our day things that we need to do tomorrow and we lose focus a little bit but if we could if we could focus for just a little while we got some needs that we need to address in the Holy Ghost brother Wes needs us to pray for him tonight and brother Mays if you would uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to him tonight and pray for him we had an absolutely horrible tragedy uh, near our house. Was it yesterday morning or the day before yesterday? Yesterday morning. We were going out and we noticed about two miles down below our house, a fire truck was there and the sheriff's department, different things. And uh, brother and sister Mullins' family Brother Lemuel Mullins, his brother, his wife, and three, three of the grandchildren, all under the age of 13, uh, lost their life in a house fire. And I don't have any more details uh, of, of what took place and, and what happened and, and the needs of the rest of the family and things. But I, I guarantee you this, everyone that loves them need our prayer tonight, need us to stand in the gap and Pray a prayer of faith that God's going to be the Prince of Peace, that He's going to be the Comforter. So let's pray for the Mullins family. Pray for their souls to, to just be comforted by the Holy Ghost and encouraged. I have no, uh, not heard anything about funeral arrangements or anything to that nature yet. I don't know memorial service. I don't know how they, uh, what, what they're planning on doing. But anyway, we know how to pray tonight. So I want you to pray for Brother West. I want you to continue to pray for Brother Brock. Brother Brock got good report. Uh, they did the heart cath and possibly a stent, possibly open heart surgery, and they came back, and the nurse said, I, I wish my arteries looked as good as yours. And she said, they probably don't. And uh, so everything, a good report, and uh, able to be in the house of the Lord on Wednesday afternoon, praise be unto God. Amen. Praise be unto God. Anyone else need to be prayed for tonight? Uh, we, we certainly will. Let's lift our voice together in unity tonight, in one accord tonight, magnifying the King of all kings. If you have not asked God to do anything in this service tonight, here's your opportunity to do good by asking God to have his will and healing, have his will and deliverance, have his will in the sanctuary tonight. Father, we love you. We magnify you above all other. You're the Christ. You're the Lord. You're the King. You're my God. You're my Savior. Have your will in the sanctuary, Lord God. Isaiah identified you as the Prince of Peace. You said you were the Comforter. I'm asking you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that you would be the Comforter tonight to the Mullins family, that you would minister peace, that you would minister strength, that you would minister encouragement, that you would love this family, Lord God, that you would safeguard their heart through your power of love and kindness, God, that you would minister hope unto them in a hopeless situation, that you would minister encouragement unto them tonight through our prayers of lifting you up, Lord. I pray you lift them up in Jesus' name. God, we're praying for Brother West. We're praying for all that are here tonight. Minister health, minister life, minister blessing minister anointing you Lord God you're able to do exceeding abundantly above what we're asking and we're pleading the blood of Jesus God meet every need financially tonight with this people meet every need spiritually tonight with this people meet every need emotionally minister Lord God father as only you can do we give you love we give you honor we give you praise in Jesus name we pray we love you we honor you and ask your help in Jesus' name, amen, amen. If I could get an usher tonight to help us out, give everyone an opportunity uh, to give to the work of the Lord. We had a great time Sunday morning, Sunday night in service. And we got home and got a shout out from Bishop Hogg, who now lives in Florida. And he was watching our service and commented on it. And I'm thankful uh, that we are reaching out not only to Arthur, Tennessee, but we're able to reach out and, and be a blessing all over all over that uh, people are able to tune in and, and watch our services. So thank you to everyone that's made that possible. 
to all the staff up there working uh, to, to perfect this and make it right. Uh, greatly appreciate that. Amen. Bring your offering. Let's give to the work of the Lord tonight in Jesus' name. open a door and never know what's going to happen, so, amen. Miss Miracle, is classes going out tonight, Miss Morgan, classes, everybody staying in? All right, all right, that's excellent. To all of you guys that like your beards, Not beers. <laughs> Brother West has got a word of wisdom for you, right? Make sure you got your guard on. <laughs> I, I do believe this is the first that I've saw Brother West uh, with a slick face. So, uh, in the words of Brother Triplett, he always said, "I was born good looking." Well, Brother West, you're, you, if you're born good looking, it don't matter if you got it or not. So you're all right. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 25. We're going to study for a little while tonight. How many, how, many's, how many realizes in the Scripture it talks about the right hand of God? Right? It talks about the right hand of God. It talks about you and I being on the right hand of God. It talks about Jesus being on the right hand of God. And tonight I want to talk about the right hand of God and uh, see what see what the Word of God is, is instructing us. If you have your Bible, Matthew 25, verse 34, I know you've been up and down, and if you just stand for the reverence of the Word tonight, we're going to get right in the middle of this and see what the Lord has. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand. So them signifying more than one. So there'll be a multitude of people on his right hand. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So from that scripture, I dare say, you want to be on the right hand of God and not the left hand. Because the right hand, he said, is blessed and you inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Pray with me tonight. Father, we love you. God, we're thankful the privilege of being able to study your word together is given to us. We're thankful for the privilege that we have health and blessings from you that we're able to be in your house on a Wednesday afternoon. I pray, God, that you help us, minister to us, direct us, lead us, and guide us in the Holy Ghost tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The switching of the mic, let me, let me uh, help you out. This is becoming a habit of our mains cutting in and out. I don't not notice it as much because I'm listening to monitors, and man, I sound great. 
I don't notice it as much, but we are we are going to, we're going to need to do some upgrading on our uh, sound equipment. Uh, this is twenty some years old, and it was it was very good equipment, still very good equipment. But after twenty some years, I think we've got some some somewhere in there we're having some breakdowns. So we're gonna we're gonna work on that, and and we're trying to sell the baby grand, and we're trying to raise some money and different things, but. Uh, I will give you some give you some information on all of that uh, soon. Back to the back to the message on the right hand of God. Now, here here's the thought we're teaching from. Here's the thought I'm wanting to to teach from tonight. We're gonna we're gonna look at this and we're gonna go into a couple different areas tonight. But I, I'm wanting you to understand tonight that what in, what's on the inside will be displayed on the outside. And I want. I want to bring this in to where we're looking at Matthew 25, 34. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father. So we know that on the inside, it's going to display to the outside. He said, From the heart, the mouth speaketh. So what's on the inside of a tree, we look and we see the fruit on the outside. I cannot look at a tree that has no bark on it, just a piece of wood, and tell you what it is all the time. I know people that can look at it and say, that's a, that's a cherry tree, or that's a, that's a black walnut, or that's a hickory, or whatever. I can't do that. But if you'll show me a big apple, I'll tell you, that is not a banana tree. Right? I can see that fruit. So sometimes when we're looking at individuals, it takes us a little while to look at the fruit of that individual and say, I know what they are. I know how they live. I know what they're doing. So tonight, as we look into this, we realize the fact that according to Matthew 25, 34, it absolutely is important how we live our lives. Amen? Absolutely important how we lived our lives. Our text comes from 25. Matthew 25, and Jesus was giving the listeners, all the people that had gathered to hear him teach, an understanding that our Heavenly Father, as a businessman, expects productivity. Amen. Expects. A, anybody ever went to a job you never had to work on? That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Show up for Friday and get a payday. No, when we go to work, we go to work, right? Boots on the ground. Let's hit it. Let's go. Let's rock. Let's make it happen, right? Let's move. Let's do something. Well, that's kind of what Jesus was saying whenever he said, Hey, I must be about my father's business. He stayed back, mom, dad, or whatever going on, and he's staying back for a little while in order to stay in the sanctuary or in the temple. So we have the parable of the, of the talents, and we have the parable of those Put the that that could put the resource to good use, and then those that were not doing anything. So tonight, as we look in here, I want I want to ask you, what's the difference in the right side and the left side? Now, do you all understand? According to Scripture, God is a spirit, right? And a spirit has no hands, has no ears, has no eyes, it's a spirit, does not have body parts. But yet in reference, we realize that he gives us a concept here of a right hand and a left hand. We, we, have you all ever heard the scripture that said that Jesus would be on the right hand of the Father? And, and you know, sometimes people conjure in their minds, that's talking about a big throne and a little throne. You got big God and you got little God or a lesser God, or an equal God in some eyes, but you've got another God sitting on another throne. Notice what John said in his book when he got a revelation of Jesus. He said, Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. So we've got to get a concept and an understanding here. What are we talking about when we're talking about the right hand of God? And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Now Jesus goes on to say in Matthew 25, verse 31 through 33, He said, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of 
of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. You know, being the goat is a popular thing now. Right? That's, that's an acronym for greatest of all time. You hear, you hear players, uh, basketball players or whatever, he's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. So being the GOAT is a popular thing now. People want to be the GOAT. But when Jesus Christ is sitting upon his throne, you don't want to be the GOAT. You want to be the sheep because the sheep's going to be on the right hand inherit the kingdom that's been prepared from the foundation of the world, and the goat is on the left side. Think about this for a moment. Understand, we will, according to Scripture, appear before Christ to give an account. Is that right? Is that what Scripture tells us? That we'll give an account unto Him for our actions. Our sin is forgiven, our sins washed under the blood, but notice the scripture in Matthew, Matthew chapter 18, verse 23. Matthew 18, verse 23, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. Given account. Verse 12 of Romans 14, notice this. If you're taking notes, I want to give you some stuff here you'll want to write down. Romans chapter 14, verse 12. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. So it, then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. When you see the word account, what do you think? account I've got to give an account what do you think you all do not think well, well let me give you a understanding of what King James is saying in, in the King James version rather is saying Paul's actually writing Romans chapter 14, verse 12. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Now, let me give you, give you an understanding of the word account according to Strong's Talking Greek and Hebrew Dictionary. 218 times this word that's translated account here. And whenever I give you the, give you the, the terminology that's being used or the, the Greek word that they pulled this from, you're going to begin to think differently about this because the word that they use here, it, the root word is lego. But the word here is actually logos. An account is actually logos, and it is translated 218 times as word, 50 times saying, and 8 times account. Let me give you the definition. And, and if you've got a, a Greek-Hebrew dictionary, Strong's uses a numbering system to tell you what number it is. And in this one, the, the root word, lego, it says something said including the thought. By implication, a topic, subject of discourse, also reasoning, the mental faculty, or motive, by extension, a computation, especially with the art in John. The divine expression, account, cause, communication, concerning doctrine, fame, have to do, intent, matter, mouth, Preaching, question, reason, reckon, remove, say, all these things are making up or is 
derived from this word lego where we get logos. Now, when you think about this, because here in Romans chapter 14, verse 12, or in Matthew 18, 23, when it talks about an account, he's not talking about simply our actions, but he's also talking about our reasoning and our thought process and all the things that make us who we are. Think about this now. In John 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was with... The light was... In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 14... And the Word was made flesh, dwelled among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, did you know that people that believe in a triune Godhead or a trinity or three persons in the Godhead quote this scripture, right, as well as people that believe in the oneness of God, But they quote this scripture and say the word was with God, right? The word was with God and the word was God. Now, here's the crazy thing about this. Whenever you begin to look at this, you begin to realize this is the same Greek word that's used in Romans chapter 14 and verse 12. You look it up in yours. It's the same word that Paul used whenever he said, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. And John pulls the same word, logos, to John 1, 1, and said, In the beginning of the word. So think about that. We're talking about, let me give you a, a definition again. Something said, including the thought by implication, a topic, subject of discourse, also reasoning, the mental faculty or motive by extension, a computation. Think about this. Because they're using that same word to describe the word in John or you and I give an account in Romans. Now, Here's, here's the dilemma, if you begin to think about this, is that sometimes when people want to say the word here is talking about a separate entity or a separate uh, person, it's a separate God, it's a different God, it's God the Son, God the Word. I want you to think about this. Why would he use that same word talking about a thought or an expression if he's talking about something that's spoken or a word. Because notice this one. Let, let, me, read, let me read Hebrews 1.3 before, before we get to that to the next, next word here. Who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things... By the word of his power, that word there, let me give you the translation or the definition to it because here this word is not logos. This word, if I'm pronouncing it right, is Ramah, R-E or R-H-E-M-A, Ramah. And and it, it's defined as this, Strong's Talking Greek Dictionary and Utterance, Individual, collective, or special, by implication, a matter or topic, a narration, command, or dispute, an utterance. So this word, if John was talking about a separate or the word or a God that was separate, he would have used this word instead of logos, which means an account, which is an express image. Here's what it says in Hebrews 1.3. It said, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. 
So in this, now I don't want to take your time up this afternoon. You go home and think, I have no idea what he's talking about. I want you to get this in your, in your understanding. Whenever we're talking about Jesus Christ, he said that what, what the writer of Hebrews said, he said he is the express image of his person. Do we remember what, what Jesus said whenever they said, show us the Father? He said, have I been so long time with you, right? He said, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Why? Because the writer of Hebrews obviously had a revelation. He said he is the express image of his person. Now get this in your spirit and see what, realize what's going on. Because I think if John wanted to say the Son's name was the Word in creation and then it was translated or changed in, in, in sonship whenever he was birthed as a child to Jesus because of salvation, I believe he would have used this word. But that word he used in John 1 is not this word, but it's the word logos. Something said including the thought by implication, a topic, a subject of discourse, a reasoning, the mental faculty or motive, by extension, a computation. So we look at this and we are looking at the expression or God's thought being expressed. Did you know that the Spirit of God needed a body, right? A spirit has no arms, no legs, no feet, no... needed a body. He said, when you have seen me... You have seen the Father. If you go on down in Hebrews, that was Hebrews 1.3. If you go down to Hebrews 1, excuse me, Hebrews 10, verse 1, notice this. For the law having a shadow of good things to come. And not the very image of the things. So it was a shadow of things, but not the very image of it. Can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For when would, for when, excuse me, for then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscious of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance, again, made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. All right, now, you with me? Verse 4, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. So all the law was offering them is a way to push it forward or if we get a revelation from the New Testament, it was pointing them directly toward Jesus Christ. Every sacrifice they made was a reminder of a promise given to Eve in the garden by God. There would be one that crushes the head. There would be one that rights the wrong. Every bit of this was pointing directly toward Jesus Christ. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Verse 5, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. What's that word? What's, what's he saying next? But a body hast thou prepared me. You weren't looking for sacrifice and offering. You made me a body. In burnt offerings, sacrifices for sin, thou hast no pleasure. Verse 7, then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me, to do the will, to do thy will, O God. Verse 8, above, 
when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hast thou pleasure or hast pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will. O God, he taketh away the first, that he may establish the second by thee, which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. It was never the will and design that the sacrifices under God's own law that he instituted should be considered as making atonement for sin. But it was a reminder. It was pushing their thoughts forward to a day when our Savior would lay himself on the cross and say, It is finished. So that spirit that established in the Old Testament emphatically that here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and he said, by myself and alone, I have done all this right. He, he instilled this into their mindset. That's the reason they had a problem with Jesus Christ. That's the reason they took up stones to kill him. That's the reason they hung him on a cross because they could not see God in him. But if they could understand the fact that God needed a body, he prepared himself a body, he sacrifice this body that you and I might have life so therefore a body has thou prepared me understanding this is by a miraculous conception in the womb of a virgin according to thy word thy seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent A body has thou prepared me. So we understand God sacrificed Jesus, the spotless lamb, that had no sin in order to adopt you, right? By the Spirit, though you have sinned. But through this blood that he shed on Calvary, he gave us an opportunity that we might be covered under the blood of the Lamb that had never sinned and be adopted by that spirit of adoption that the Apostle Paul talked about in Romans that we have not received the spirit of fear. We've received the spirit of adoption whereby we call him Abba Father. So getting an understanding of all this, the fact that God needed a body, so he robed himself in flesh, he came dwelled among his people, that he allowed them to crucify him, he allowed them to destroy the body that he had prepared and the blood of that, sin, that, that sinless lamb covered the sins of the guilty. And then he said, you are covered by the blood, I will adopt you with my spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. He said, don't you know that your body is a sanctuary for the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. Can you imagine getting a clearer understanding that when the fullness of time had come and it was time for God to robe himself in flesh, that he looked at a Mary and said, you're highly favored, and the Holy Ghost moved on her, and she conceived and gave birth to the body that God himself would in, infuse himself into, and when he would stand on the bow of the boat, he'd say, Peace be still. He'd stand at the mouth of the tomb and say, Lazarus, come forth. He'd look at the demonic that nobody could control, and he'd say, It's time to go. And he'd be sitting there in his right mind, and the enemy or the de demonic 
would come to him and say, Have you come to torment us before our time? Think about this. God himself robed himself in flesh, dwelled among his people. We beheld his glory. We looked upon him, but yet when he came to his own, they received him not, but to them that would receive him, he would give us power. He would give us power. He would give us power to become sons unto him. Why? Because he wanted to adopt us by his spirit. That spirit that has no legs, has no arms, has no eyes, but needed a body. And when we look into the book of Hebrews, he said he is the express image of his person. And a body have you prepared me. Because you were not looking for a sacrifice of a goat or a lamb, but you were looking for a sacrifice of the sinless man that you have made in your image. And I have come to right the wrongs of the first Adam. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. I really want to give this to you the way I felt God give it to me. I want us to get an understanding. We're starting a brand new year. When Jesus Christ was here, when Jesus Christ was here, Everything he did was about the kingdom. I must be about my father's business. Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. It was all about the spirit that infused him, that dwelled in him. But yet, if we can get a revelation of this, the apostle Paul reminds the church at Corinth, you are the sanctuary. So we are housing that spirit. And if we'll wake up in the morning and say, what do you want to do today? What is your will for this hour? What do you want to do today? Sometimes we walk in the weakness of our flesh and do not tap into the power of the spirit. But if we could step back, the Apostle Paul had a revelation of it, and he did not matter where he went or what was going on. He said, I have learned to be content. I'm okay wherever I'm at. If I've got a lot or if I've got little, I'm all right. Everything's okay. Why? Because it's all about doing the will of God, and he's working all things out for our good, right? So when we get a revelation, my God's got this. He's in control. Everything's going to be all right. What's your plan today? It's my plan is to do the will of God. My plan is to serve him. My plan is to hear his voice. My plan is to go about his business. If we can get ourselves to that place, because I believe that was the life of the apostles I believe that was the life of Jesus not that they didn't have a life not that the apostles didn't have a life not that they didn't have things going on that they they needed leisure they needed time but if you'll get an understanding they had tapped into something that enlightened them don't you know that your body is a sanctuary for the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have from God, you are not your own. For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. So if I can get this in our spirit tonight. What we're doing is not simply to make us feel good or self-gratification or bless me now. But if we can get this in our spirit, the fact of the matter is we belong to God. He's got an agenda. He's got a plan. We're living in a time where the church desperately needs to be alive, awake, and active. That we're not flying under the radar. We're not trying to build our own kingdom. We've got our own lives, we've got our own things, we've got our own jobs, we've got our own, own, own op, uh, obligations, we've got, we got bills to pay, I understand. But if we can step back for a little while and know we're each one joined together in one body, we've been baptized into one body, every joint supplieth the other joint. 
We're all in this together. We're all here to help one another. We're all here to bless one another, to love one another, encourage one another, strengthen one another, right? Bear one another's burden. We're here for one another. So if we can understand this thing is about the body growing together and moving forward. I want you to, I want you to think about this. In in 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 13. You, you can label it how you want to label it. You can form your own opinion on the whys and whats and all that. But it, it's all, it seems to me that Elijah is suffering from a major bout with depression. He wanted to die. He wanted to barricade himself. He wanted to hide. He wanted to focus on his own life, focus on his own self. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 13, And it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle, he went out, stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. The steps of the man that's listening to God, right, is ordered of the Lord. And we see Elijah stand before Ahab. We see Elijah stop the rain. We see Elijah call fire from heaven. We see Elijah doing all these great things. We see Elijah going to the widow's house and giving her an opportunity to live. We see Elijah doing great things. But we do not see Elijah listening to the voice of God when he barricaded himself in a cave. Can I give you an understanding tonight? Hiding yourself away from the world is not God's will. And I'm not talking about being worldly. That's not what I'm insinuating. I'm talking about you cannot barricade yourself and be in the will of God to do and win the lost. So somewhere you've got to get yourself out of the cave. You're wanting to hide, maybe, Elijah. You're wanting to die, maybe, Elijah. But that's not the will of God for you. So why was Elijah there? His response was, I have been working for you, God, and no one else is doing anything. So I quit, too. Does that make sense? Nobody else is doing anything, so I will quit too. That leaves nothing from nothing, right? Why don't you ask Google, what is zero divided by zero, and see what she tells you, <laughs> right? You, you, somebody's got to do something. And Elijah had this mentality, nobody else is doing anything, so I'm not either. Everyone else has abandoned the cause, and I'm left alone. And I'm the only one that is doing this, and they're seeking after me, trying to kill me, right? Did you know that God had a rapture in his path? Did you know that God had something miraculous that would be talked about in Elijah's life all the way to Arthur, Tennessee? Isn't that incredible? He's ready to die, and God's got something so marvelous, so wonderful planned for him in the near future. What, what's God wanting him to do? Pour himself into somebody else. Let me give you a revelation. When you feel like you're wrapped up, when you feel like it's all done, when you feel like you don't have anything, when you feel like you're on empty, when you feel like you don't have anything, why don't you find somebody and pour yourself into them? Why don't you find somebody that's got less than you and invest in them, encourage them, lift them, pray for them, do something for them? When you begin to pour yourself into somebody else, you will see God move in your situation. The lady with the handful of meal had to give herself unto Elijah in order to live. Elijah didn't understand that principle when it became his turn. Amen? It was so easy for him to say, make me a cake first. 
But when it came Elijah's turn to need him, he was seeing a cave and he said, I'm wanting to die. And Elijah's out there plowing with a yoke of oxen saying, I need an Elijah. So there's somebody out here in Arthur, Tennessee needing you tonight and you can't barricade yourself and say, I don't have anything to offer. First Kings 19 verse 15 And the Lord said unto him Go return on thy way To the wilderness of Damascus When thou comest Anointest Haziel To be king over Syria Jehu to be king over Nimshi Shall thou anoint to be king over Israel And Elijah the son of Shapheth Of Abel Meholah Shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room He's going to take your place, Elijah. And Elijah might have paused there for a moment and said, Where am I going? Verse 17, And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Haziel, Jehu, slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu, Elijah, slay. Church, this is God's business. We do not have the right to file bankruptcy and close up shop. Amen? We don't have the right to do that. This is God's business. And until he calls us home, let's be busy. Until he says, it's time to come home, Elijah, I'll send a fiery chariot after you. I'll send a band of angels to get you. I'll send a chariot of fire to fetch you, right? Until then, let's be busy about anointing an Elijah. Stand with me tonight. For Elijah to experience the greatness of God, I believe that he had to be willing to get out of the cave and pour himself into somebody. Proverbs 11.25 said, the liberal soul shall be made fat. He that watereth shall be watered also himself. Let me ask you tonight as we start this year, who are you investing in? Man, who, you, who are you investing in? Who are you, who you praying over? Who are you ministering to? Who are you encouraging? Who are you lifting up? Who are you blessing? Because this thing's all about ministering. And we're all ministers. Every person in here tonight, we minister. We sow. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered. You gave me meat. I was thirsty. You gave me drink. I was a stranger. You took me in. Naked, you clothed me. I was sick. You visited me. I was in prison. You came unto me. Then shall the righteous answering him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry, fed thee thirsty, gave you drink? When saw we thee a stranger, took thee in? Naked we clothed thee? When saw we sick and in prison come to, unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he say unto them on, his, on the left, Depart from me. You cursed unto everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. I want to be on the right hand of God. He that watereth shall be watered himself. And maybe the way up is down. That we yield ourselves to God, make ourselves a servant, and bless other people. Amen? Amen. That's the way God has treated us. He robed himself in flesh and made himself of no reputation, dwelled among his people, and gave his life that we might have life.
Let's serve today, saint of God. Let's serve the Lord, and let's serve people. Let's be who we're supposed to be regardless of what other people are doing. Amen. I, I don't want to let other people determine who I am. Let's be who we are, who we're supposed to be, regardless of what other people are doing. Pray with me tonight. Let's ask God's help in here. Let's ask God's anointing in here. I want to be on his right hand. I want to be busy about the kingdom of God. Pray right now all over the sanctuary. Ask God to give you a revelation, give you understanding, give you truths. Father, we need you more than life itself. We need you more than breath. We need you tonight, Lord God, to minister in the sanctuary, to open our eyes that we might see what you see, that we might hear what you're hearing, God, that we might be what you want us to be. Lord, you've in, you have endued us with power from on high, according to Scripture. I'm asking, Lord, as you have clothed us with your own anointing and your power, as the apostles walked in authority, dominion, as they walked in the Word, I pray in the name of Jesus, open our eyes, Lord God, to what's made available to the last day church. Open our eyes, Lord God, that greater works than you, what you said, greater works than these shall you do. I'm asking you, Lord God, help us believe. We believe Help our unbelief, Lord God. Help us to step into that anointing and that power that you have available for us tonight, that we serve one another, Lord God, that we're willing to extend our faith and walk out on that water as the Apostle Peter did and trust that you're going to see us through and you're going to keep us and you're going to bless. God, minister in the sanctuary tonight as our faith grows, Lord God. As we extend ourselves and our faith grows, God, let the miracles, let the power, let the anointing, let the signs and wonders follow us, Lord God. We're not chasing signs, God, as the Scripture says, let the signs follow those that believe. I ask your blessings on this congregation as they love you, Father, as they serve you, as they're here faithfully, minister to them, Lord God, faithfully, and bless them in abundance. In Jesus' name, amen. Saints, I love you all. Uh, please be here. We're going to try to, I'm trying to work out the details of how, how we need to do this. But uh, people were here really early Sunday in prayer. Thank you all. But let's, let's try to have someone here uh, on, on Sunday morning a little early, uh, spending some time in prayer. Brother Jake Rogers, uh, Aaron Rogers' brother. No, he's not really Aaron Rodgers, brother. Uh, Jake Rogers uh, is going to be with us from Mississippi, and uh, he'll be with us on morning and evening service. And he's a young guy, and uh, he did a, he's done a fantastic job. He's been here a couple times, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll enjoy him.